0: Welcome to The Art of Badassery, where I explore what it takes to live life on your own terms, break free from the status quo, and unleash your inner badass. Whether you're a rebel at heart or simply seeking inspiration to step outside your comfort zone, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Mahara Wayman, and each week I dive into the stories, insights, and strategies of those who have mastered the art of badassery and are living life to the fullest. They smile when no one is lucky. Welcome to another episode of the Art of Badassery podcast, where we celebrate the incredible individuals who have mastered the art of living life on their terms. Today, I have a truly remarkable guest, someone whose life embodies self-discovery and transformation. My guest, Paige Park, hails from the vibrant city of Indianapolis, Indiana. Her path in life has been anything but ordinary, filled with dreams and aspirations that have evolved over the years. From a young dreamer with visions of being a Broadway star to contemplating a career in computer programming, Paige eventually found her calling in the world of education. For 24 years, Paige dedicated herself to the noble profession of teaching. Her classrooms hosted students of all ages and she brought her passion for learning to diverse educational settings. However, as life often does, it presented Paige with unexpected challenges. Losing her parents left her in a state of profound disarray. Her nervous system became a battleground of anxiety and perpetual alertness. And it was during these tumultuous times that she discovered solace and healing through the practice of yoga. Intrigued by the profound changes she experienced, Paige embarked on a courageous journey. Encouraged by a very perceptive yoga teacher who recognized her potential, she pursued intensive training, completing her 200-hour yoga teacher certification. This transformative experience not only reshaped her outlook on life, but also ignited a passionate calling within her. Today, Paige is a dedicated yoga teacher who views yoga as a way of life. She believes in its power to provide stability and grounding in a world that often feels chaotic. Her message is clear. Each of us, each of us possesses the inner strength to be our own stabilizing force. We only need to look within. Now, beyond her work in the realm of yoga, Paige has also learned profound lessons about living in the face of death. Her experiences with grief and loss have led her to prioritize intentionality over complacency. That is so interesting and huge. It's probably going to be one of the first things we dive into, Paige. So please join us on this journey.
1: It's totally fine. Hello. I'm so glad to be here. Yay.
0: I'm so glad you're here. You know, tongue in cheek, people joke, I think about living life as a badass. Oh, I'm badass. Oh, are you badass? Laugh, laugh, joke, joke. Mm Mm-hmm. What I think I'd like to get across today is that often it is with intentionality that we create the life of our dreams, yeah and no, that, absolutely that's why those words just popped up for me when you said it. So welcome to the show. So glad you're here. Let's go back. I want to talk about though twenty four years of of teaching is amazing, diverse situations, diverse locations. Talk to us a bit about your career as an educator.
1: Um, I started, it, funny, oddly enough, I I never thought I would enjoy teaching secondary students, and I actually started my career as a secondary. Um, I was a mild disability special education teacher, so my kids all had learning difficulties. I am a problem solver, and I'm diving into human design, and I'm learning like, oh yeah, this is like This I'm such a problem solver. Like it's a it's a part of my being even, and it's so fun to just like learn that. Oh yeah, that's I do that really well. And oh, and this is a part of my makeup. Um, and so I it, it it kind of fell into it. Um, I I excelled at computer programming when I was in high school. Um, didn't do a lot of computer programming back in the late '80s, in schools, but like that was my computer class, and I was one of the top students and. Applied to Purdue University um, to their computer programming technology and was accepted. Um, I wrote a program for my dad's business as a high school student to figure payroll, oh. and it worked. And I used it because um, I worked for him. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 I was on this trajectory. And then a local elementary school caught fire, and I um, started taking. I was in a volunteer, I was in a class that needed volunteer hours. And I started taking the kids with mild disabilities from the resource room to their regular classes and then picking them up and taking them back to the resource room as a part of my volunteer hours. Well, I started then volunteering just for fun because I really liked this teacher and I loved the students. in the resource room, on during like my study hall, and anytime I had free availability to go down there and work with her, I would go down there and work with her. I went for a day on campus and changed my major from um, from computer programming <laughs> to elementary education. And then after some horrible experiences in elementary, I actually ended up changing to um, to special education. So I am licensed K twelve. So I'm licensed all of the grades. When I did my student teaching, I had to do half of it high school or secondary and half of it elementary school. And I didn't know I would like working with high school kids and I taught, and I found out that I kind of enjoyed it um, during my student teaching. And so my first job right out of school was a high school mild disabilities special education teacher in North Central Indiana. didn't want to be so, so far from home. So I ended up moving back down here, taught secondary at a small rural school for a couple of years. I taught um, students in a self-contained, emotionally disabled class in the inner city of Indianapolis. I worked at an inpatient treatment center for a few years as one of their educators. And then I successfully burned myself out. So I quit for a little bit.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. And <laughs> before, but wait, I, I just, I want to highlight the humor behind the successfully burnt myself out. Many of us have done that, mm-hmm. not intentionally. I don't think, I don't know if anybody intentionally does that, but knowing where you are today, can you look back on that experience and go, wow, that was for me to learn this? Because I truly believe life happens for us. So what was the yeah. there? What was the lesson yeah. in that?
1: Um, wow. It's been a long time ago. The lesson I think was for me to be content where I had been placed um, because I, I, I was in my early to late 20s. Or I was in my mid to late 20s and I, I had this desire to like search out all of these different placements. Um, and so I wanted, I'm a problem solver. So I wanted challenging environments to work on. And instead of being content at the small rural school, I I, I sought out more challenging situations. So I ended up in the inner city. I ended up at the, and they were, I learned so much about myself and about the kids and about what works and what doesn't work and how to not be a pushover and all of those kinds of things through those settings. But if I had just been content with where I was and what I was doing, other challenges I think would have come up and I could have just problem solved those, okay, this is but so, I wasn't.
0: Yeah. It's so interesting because it's almost as if you asked, you were putting out to the universe. I want the challenge. Mm-hmm. You jumped in, took it, but lost yourself, lost the ability to navigate it or to balance it. And that led to the burnout. Yeah, I think it's I'm curious, though, if really if the, the challenges that you would have had if you had stayed put would have brought you as quickly to the place where you needed to be. I don't know. I don't answer. know.
1: That's a that's a good question. You know, we make decisions in our life and they bring us to certain places and certain locations and. They bring us certain lessons, and maybe the lessons I needed to learn were in those changing and in those challenging situations.
0: Well, it's one of those, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but I think it's, it's interesting because when we recognize that we are spiritual beings having a human existence, which is what I think, but mm-hmm. when we give ourselves permission to look at everything through the lens of love, and it was exactly the way it was meant to be. Oh, absolutely. Then it, it it gives us other questions like well if it was meant to be that, but what if I had done it this way? Because I could have just as easily turned left than turning right, or mm-hmm. I could have just as easily fought the desire for the challenge and said, "Oh, give it up. We'll try next year. Let's just stay put." You know, I it's just fascinating. It's one of those um, it's one of those questions that you can just lose yourself in. But
1: very much so. Yeah, it is something I've contemplated a lot, especially leaving um compute, the idea of being a computer programmer and going into education like that's one of those huge like i wonder what my life would have been like if i had stayed
0: i got to ask what did dad think mom and dad think about you leaving because you know back in the late 80s that was the thing to be was if you were on the cutting edge of computer technology man you'd be set right um my parents were actually very um
1: encouraging. My mom was an educator and they had strong ties and beliefs into education. My dad was a civil engineer Um, and they were very much supportive of, if that's your passion,
0: go for it. Beautiful. You're so lucky to have yes. that, to have that, to have had that level of support. I mean, m- many of us do. My parents just wanted me to just be happy, but pay the bills. Actually, right? yeah. at one point, my mom said, could you get a real job? Because I was an actress. <laughs> I was dancing, trying to make ends meet in my 20s, you know, as in the theatrical world. And of course, I, w- I wasn't. And I remember her saying, sweetheart, we love you so much, but could you get a real job? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like one that pays? And she's like, yes. <laughs> okay, great. So your parents were supportive of you pursuing your passions. Mm-hmm. You were with and experienced many things in your 24 years. What's, what are some of the key things that you take away now that you're no longer in the education world? For the traditional, because obviously what you do is there's lots of education. Obviously, yes, very so educational. What, what are the um, things that you're taking away when you look back on your career?
1: One of the things, and I learned this lesson really early in my career, don't judge a book by its cover. Hmm. Um, I had some kids, I for some reason, and I'm not sure what it is, kids who are, the weirdos, you might classify them as like the weirdos, the misunderstood, um, the troublemakers, especially later in my career. Um, those are my people in the education world. And they those kids have flocked and gravitated. There's a, There were a handful of us at the school that I left and those kids would flock and gravitate to us. Um, and and it's just getting to know what's underneath with what you see on the outside. So what you see on the outside isn't always what's underneath. So pay attention to what's underneath because that's what counts.
0: Oh my gosh, that's like a that's that's a philosophy for life, right? Yeah, right? no matter how you cut it, this is just a facade, right? And if we, this is what I've learned for myself. I'm not speaking for anybody else, but I've learned that if I base my if I base my worth on what I have created on the outside, I am setting myself up for heartache. Because mm-hmm. the outside, the outside stuff, what we see, my clothes, my house, the car that I drive or don't drive today, I had the bike. But if I put too much value in that, then I, I run the risk of losing myself in outside you know, pursuits versus what's on the inside. What's on the inside is always way more interesting. Yes, just it's one of the one of the tips to being a great facilitator is asking questions to get to the underneath because most of us will say, for example, a lot you know even with friends, hey, how's it going today? I'm fine, and now I know bullshit. <laughs> yeah. If you are fine, then I want to know why because there's a story to that. Chances are you're not, so there the underneath is always more interesting than what we initially show the world. Yes. Can you share? a specific example of your of being blown away by what you found underneath when you took the time to look?
1: Um, oh my gosh, there's so many stories. I have, it's funny that you say fine. I have a student, there's a movie, um, The Italian Job. They define fine as freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. And I have, <laughs> I have a former student who lots of trauma um abuse when she was younger um really struggles to maintain stability in in all things and it was so funny because she would come up to me and be like I'm self-harm she she did a lot of self-harm um she has been free of self-harm for several months now so we were celebrating it's, I had dinner with her last night we were celebrating that um, yeah, it was really fun to to go back and and see like, I had dinner with two of the two of my former students and um, la- last year she would be like, I'm fine, I'm fine, everything's fine And finally I looked at her and I wait, you're not fine. It's okay that you're not fine. Do you know what fine means? And I gave her that definition. And so now, anytime she goes, and so anytime after that, she would say, I'm fine. I would be like, no, you're not really. Or I'd say, really, you're fine. What's, what's really going on? You're not fine. Um, <laughs> so that's one of the big ones. And just, just some of these, the kids these days, at least the ones that I interact with carry so much. Um, you know, I've had kids who were providers for their family and. And they might say that they're fine, but they worked all night so that they could help pay the electric bill. Um, And, and there's so much going on with them and they carry, like I said, a lot of the ones that I worked with now, this isn't blanket for all of them, um, but a lot of the ones that I worked with, it was like, there's always a lot going on underneath. Um, And I was one of those teachers that was a safe haven for, for that right hey what's really going on yeah and and i would take time and i would much of my career was relationship building how can i create relationship with these humans it's
0: it's such an important component of i think our societal structure that we that we teach each other how to how to do that and Mm -hmm. i do think it's a it's a forgotten art almost because for so many reasons, and I'm not going to bash the internet, I work on the internet, I'm not going to bash social media, I, I, you know, I live in social media, but I will say that I think there's a a definite correlation between even my children and their ability to communicate truly how they are feeling with, with the escapism that technology has provided Mm -hmm. everybody. So, I mean, I love the English language. I'm a writer. And I remember, I will never forget, actually, the day that my daughter called me dude. And I almost lost my shit. Like, what did you just say? Because she got into the habit. That's how they talk to each other. And that's how she was texting mm-hmm. friends. And she called me dude. And I, you know, I, I, I got upset. And I said, look, I don't care how you talk to your friends. But there's a level of respect and just normalcy that I expect from you. And dude is, I am not your dude. I'm your mom, mummy. I'm best mom ever, I'm babe with the curly hair, but I'm not dude. And she kind of laughed. And I, you know, I remember calling them out on, on some of the language that they used while texting and we, we joked about it, but I just, I think in that moment, I was just really afraid that it was another example of me losing them to something mm-hmm. that was not supporting them versus a, a life of a an uninsulated life where they could actually communicate what they were feeling. Does that make sense? I will
1: will say it does. Um, Two years ago, I lost a student, um, died tragically in a car accident. I was in school that day on his way home or on his way to work, I can't remember which. Um, Car flipped, didn't have a seatbelt on, thrown from the car, died a couple of hours later. Like It was very instantaneous. And one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life was these kids who are these tough boys, the ones who don't show any emotion, holding each other in a circle, sobbing at the loss of their friend. And it was one of just the image of these so-called tough kids just holding and relying on each other and holding each other up. And expressing their 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 loss through tears was absolutely beautiful. So it does still exist. We just have to dig a little to find it sometimes because it's covered up by, by all of the other things,
0: yeah. I think and, and you know, to your point, I think we have a duty. anybody who who feels badass or even if you're not feeling like a badass, I think it is our duty as part, of the, as part of the community to just take a moment and reach out to someone. How are you? How are you really? How can I help you? What are you feeling? Because it does make a difference. And I think, you know, as humans, our base, outside of needing to be fed and clothed, we need to feel that we belong. And so many of us do not feel that maybe maybe we don't even realize that that's what we're that's what we're feeling but you know when you painted that picture of the grieving so-called troubled kids or tough kids all i could think was you know the tough kid there is no such thing as a tough kid a tough kid is a hurting kid yeah you know
1: and uh, i use tough in quotation of marks of course yeah
0: but i i do like i love that you recognize the beauty in that moment of theirs when they were being truly honest with themselves. Mm-hmm. So many of us yeah. have had a lifetime of pretending that we don't know what we're scared to be that honest. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's, it's okay to be honest. If you're having a, a tough day, it's okay to feel that. In fact, you can't, I truly believe that you can't, you can't change your relationship with those feelings until you feel them. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And really feel them.
1: That that is the premise of all that I do now is uncovering the feelings that you're really feeling and and, and expressing and get, digging into them. When my mom passed away, my father was he had um he had an infection at the time, and so you know mom dies and dad is still getting treatment. He's still having these issues, and grief would bubble up, and I would be like, I don't have time for you, and I would shove it back down. And it came out like I, by the time we, you know, my dad passed away and we took care of my parents' estate and did all of the other things. Like I was a dysregulated hot mess. Mm -hmm. My blood pressure shot up. um, My digestion was off. Like all of these things were going on. Um, And it's because I wasn't feeling the feelings I would every once in a while. So it wasn't all of the feelings, So sometimes when I had the space and something would bubble up, I would allow it to be. But other times I was like, I don't have time for that right now. Or I would be at school and like, I can't, I might excuse myself, but I struggled to wear that face. Sometimes it became easier um, as time went on to wear the sad face if I needed to. And to just be honest and real with my kids look i'm really struggling today this happened and and i'm i'm dealing with it and i'm trying to deal with it and it's not being dealt with very well (laughs) so i'm upset and this is how it is
0: so we're going to take a short break right now but i'll be back with my guest within 60 seconds ladies unlock your inner badass and transform your life with my monthly subscription workshop For just $47 a month, you'll have exclusive access to work closely with me, Mahara Wayman, as we dive deep into all things badass, from personal development to conquering your goals. Imagine waking up every day with confidence, purpose, and a smile that radiates your newfound strength. Take advantage of this badass opportunity and join us today at www.mindfulnesswithmahara.com and start your journey toward a happier, more confident you smile. When no one is looking, you've earned it. Did you notice that when you gave, when you were honest with your kids, in the school, you gave them permission to step up for you, that it made a difference in their lives?
1: I think it did. I don't, I think it did. And I don't necessarily know what that might be. I've had three kids in the last week, like former students just come up. I One I ran into at the grocery store, he was with his girlfriend, it was super cute. He was like, this woman, this is why I graduated from high school.
0: Paige, what does that do to you? Because my heart is just melting. Oh, I pu- I'm I'm a little puddle. Yeah.
1: A little puddle. It's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. It's such high praise and a compliment. Like it's the best. It is. Absolutely.
0: I want to congratulate you for that because there are a lot of teachers that don't have that ability. And it's not a diss against them. We need all the teachers we can get. Absolutely. They're
1: leaving like in
0: droves. The reason I asked is that this comes up a lot in my work when a lot of my clients struggle with setting boundaries and what comes up is when I, when I share with them, I give them, I invite them to look at bound setting boundaries a little bit differently. And what I, what I say to them is, are you aware that setting a boundary is a gift? And they're like, no, I'm not aware of that. I said, well, look at it this way. You are telling the world how to make you happy. You're making mm-hmm. it so easy for the world. And you are inviting them to support you by supporting the boundary. And it is almost an invitation to my inner circle. I'm going to tell you exactly what to do so that I like you and respect you. Yeah. And they were my clients were like, oh my God, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, but what so made me think of it? is when you, when you were honest and said, I'm having a tough day today, you were actually on the one hand, inviting them to step up for you. That's okay, teacher. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to be a tough one today. I'm not going to be difficult for you today because you've, they, st-
1: they would, they would absolutely um, be like, and then some would test it. And I would be like, I already warned you. <laughs> the fuse is short today. Do you just need to go see the deeds, And and sometimes they would have to leave. And sometimes they would be like, oh, okay. So she's really serious.
0: But that's, what's so beautiful about boundaries because you actually, you have so much control. It's like, look at, I already, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised that I'm letting you, that I'm inviting you to leave or don't be surprised that I'm upset with you because I made it very clear. But it is a beautiful opportunity to, to, when so I think when someone sets a boundary because you're like wow this person respects me enough they they mm-hmm. want me to like them I must be worthy on some level does that you know what I mean like
1: yeah absolutely well and I also found that the more I would speak my truth and how I was feeling that it created an opening for the kids to be honest with me about they them and where they were yeah Mike drop um, yeah right.
0: Right, total mic drop, guys. If you're listening and you, if and you happened upon this podcast with no idea of who we are or what it means to be bad badass, if there is only one thing you take away from today's conversation, please understand that the more open, honest, and vulnerable you are, the more open, honest, and vulnerable those around you will be, and that's a good thing. Even if it feels uncomfortable in the moment, because that is how we grow as a community that's how we grow as spiritual beings it's recognizing the uh, the truth of who we are in this exact moment i didn't mean to but, get go off on this tangent but i just no you're important. good
1: and it gives it gives permission for them to be themselves
0: it's exhausting pretending if you have to lie you want to make it as close to the truth as possible because it's exhausting to remember all the little lies right but it's exhausting to pretend because those are those are in essence little lies all along the way. Okay. So I want to jump forward a little bit. You are no longer teaching correct? in the school system. Correct. You looked for yoga. How did you fall into yoga when you were needing it so badly?
1: Yoga has actually been in and out of my life for years. I took my first yoga class as a college PE credit. Okay. Um, And when I was going through my divorce, um, I was, I was practicing at the time and leaning into the breath. Um, and then I don't, I don't know why I didn't think of it. I just didn't, um, I had been powerlifting and it was the stress relief that had given me while my parents were ill was no longer in effect. Okay. The gym that I loved dearly had closed down. I was lifting on my own. Um, I didn't have that like little supportive community that I had had around me. And it was becoming stressful to go work out okay. more than it was actually relieving the stress. And I was working with a friend of mine who was an energy worker. And she looked at me and she said, Paige, why don't you try yoga? Maybe that'll give you something that you need. And right at that same time, I, within that next week, my school announced that they were partnering with the local yoga studio, and they were offering six weeks of yoga classes at this deep discount. And that's where I met Mindy, who encouraged me to do a 200-hour yoga teacher training. And she's still a phenomenal human and just such an impact on my life. I had never, my previous experience with yoga was yoga as just a workout but it's not okay so she ta- taught what she taught yoga as a personal and spiritual practice the the mat is a mirror of our world and our life and the lessons that we learn on the mat we can actually take off the mat and practice them in our everyday lives um there's eight limbs of yoga I can get in. I can really dive deep into yoga philosophy, but I won't go too far. Okay. Um, the only one of the limbs is movement. The other limbs are how you interact with yourself, how you interact with the world around you, breath. And then the last four, five, the last five limbs deal with controlling your focus and communing with God, the divine. Be right. I see a part two to this
0: podcast. <laughs>
1: just saying. <laughs> just saying. I'm good. I'm good with that. I oh. like part
0: twos. All right. So you started on this journey of really diving into yoga, understanding that it is more than exercise. In fact, that's kind of the least of it.
1: Yeah, it's not exercise. I mean, it is, you do get, but it's also I, I found an emotional release. So in moving my body in these ways. I was able to recenter my focus on my center instead of on the world around me. And as I moved my body and as I pushed myself in not totally beyond my limits, but pushed my limits, you you know, bumped up against them and, and inched them forward. Yeah, I learned about like myself and how I respond and react to things. And I'm able to release emotions on the mat. And it was such a powerful experience.
0: I love what I'm hearing because I understand that the body holds everything. Yeah. My entire 57, almost 58 years of emotions and experiences are held in my body. And it's one of the things that I work with my clients, if, if I do somatic work with them is giving them permission to just feel the, what are you feeling in your body? And if you can get a practice that allows those feelings to move through your body, that's brilliant because most of us don't know how to do that. Most yeah. of us are like, oh, my back's been hurting for 17 years or, or I've had a, I've had a, I've had this ball of angst in my mm-hmm. stomach for you know 10 years or, and we just, we just get used to oh, that's how the body feels. But really, it's not supposed to feel like that. You're supposed to feel light and free and energized and energetic and moved, and all of those things. So I think it's beautiful that you have very, very um, easily painted a picture, the understanding that yoga is not just exercise. It is, and I don't know much about yoga. I've done some of it. But what I'm hearing from you, it is a holistic view of your world that allows you to funnel and navigate through the body, through body moves and body extension and body understanding. Does that make sense?
1: Did I? Yes, it does. Yes, absolutely. You make me and want to do yoga. I want to do yoga right oh, now. it's such a beautiful practice. Um, and it's, and it's a, and it is, it's truly a practice. It's, it's this you know, learning and tools. I, I, it's so hard to just sit here and actually describe it. Um, But it's, it's this place where I found myself again, because I was able to quiet the noise of the outside world. I was able to quiet my mind, but not to the point of shutting it off. But to the point where I could pull back, one of my teachers describes it as um, sitting in the seat of the watcher. So pulling back away, and that's basically what meditation is, is pulling back away from the mind and watching it like a movie. Mm -hmm. And then you can notice those patterns. You can notice the things that are going on. And I have another teacher that says, just simply by the act of noticing, you enact change. You don't even have to oftentimes do anything. You just notice, you notice what's going on. Get curious about it. Hmm, What's that about? And that's the platform that yoga gave me the space to do that. The space to notice what was going on within myself, to notice my mind, to notice the patterns within my mind, to notice my breath, where I'm breathing, how I'm breathing, how it feels in my body.
0: So how did all of this help you navigate grief it
1: gave me an outlet it gave me the breath I, i feel like the breath work of yoga is one of the most powerful things that if you do nothing else practice some breathing techniques the simple act of pulling in noticing your breath and in, even, you don't even have to do a fancy technique, just increasing the inhale and increasing the exhale. So deep, long breath in, long, slow breath out. That simple simple act calms the nervous system. And I noticed after classes that, that nervous pit thing in the pit of my stomach would dissipate and that I felt lighter and that whatever emotion it, it had moved through me. and I didn't sometimes people will cry in class. Um, I'm notorious if you've come to my class. I'm notorious making people cry. Um, <laughs> you don't make them cry. You provide a space that a I provide them. space for them to cry. I do. Um, and I, I didn't I didn't have that kind of a release, but it was this like a physical letting go. And it was like a sigh, you know, that you breathe in and you, ah, yeah, it's like my body had this sigh at the end of class. And I was able to quiet all of the noise and all of the things and go, okay, what's, what's real
0: and what's true in this moment. So thank you for sharing. And I love how you've described that. I want to jump back to this idea of being intentional versus complacent and how yoga helped you develop that intentionality. If it, in fact it was yoga that helped you develop that, it may have just been life's lessons otherwise. I'm just curious.
1: I think it was a combination. I, yes, life lessons, but also yoga gave me the peace to be able to see it and recognize it and go, oh, that. Okay. Does that make sense? Mm. Um, through yoga, I was able to come back into my body instead of being like out in this nether world, if that makes, it's hard to describe.
0: Um, (laughs) Well, what I'm hearing is that the practice of yoga allowed you to feel comfortable in your body. So Mm -hmm. you no longer had to run away from the feelings. Right, yeah, absolutely. Ignore them. Right, and I could,
1: I learned to be with the feelings and allow them to pass through me. And then by doing that, it opened me up for, okay, how do I really, some of this was yoga, but also some of it was like losing my parents and and it happened with my mom. It happened so quickly. Um, One moment she's fine. The next moment she has a brain tumor. A few days later, she has surgery. Nine months later, she's gone. Like it was, it was just that quick. And my brothers and I would have these conversations of, Hey, I've always wanted to do these things. Why am I not doing them? And so then yoga freed up the space within me to go, okay, how do I really want to live? What do I want life to look like? How can I bring intentionality to my home, to the things that I do, to my work, to all of these aspects? And it kind of, it started slow. Um, one of the things I promised myself after my mom's death was that I would do or experience one new thing every year. Some years I get more than one. Actually, most years I get more than one. Um, and 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 finding, yeah, just finding the newness in life is here to be lived. And, and I had felt myself um, as an educator and just as a human. You know how we fall into our routines. My routine became a rut. And how can I break myself out of the rut? so that I can experience all that is around me. So last year, in a really bold move, I sold my house and 90% of my possessions and I downsized into about 400 square feet.
0: Okay, that is bold.
1: Because I wanted a freedom. I wanted a freedom to be able to travel and to not have a home to take care of. So instead of owning and renting, and I wanted the freedom that if something went wrong, I wasn't responsible for it. That somebody else
0: was. No, I think that's I think that's really brave and I and and very intentional. So, speaking of your currently, you are a yoga teacher. Do you do teach? Do you are your classes in person only, or do you do classes on Zoom? I do
1: virtual classes as well. You do virtual. So a lot of my, it's kind of in partnership. So they're at the same time as some of my in person classes. I offer a Zoom class as well.
0: Awesome.
1: I also do coaching and containers and those kinds of things.
0: All of the things that you do, guys, don't worry listening. I'm going to put them in the show notes because I would love you to connect with Paige. As you can see, she is an absolute delight. And, you know, mm-hmm. tragedies and, and 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 loss, grief notwithstanding. I think Paige, you've really demonstrated that if we give ourselves, not if, when we give ourselves okay. permission to feel. All that we're feeling without judgment,
1: yes. Then yes. that
0: is our. We didn't even talk about that. That is our. No, we didn't <laughs> to, to real freedom. And you, you've done that so beautifully. And I want to thank you for sharing your story with us. What is one thing that we don't know about you yet that you'd like to share <laughs> with my audience, if if anything?
1: We don't know about you yet. Um, let's see. Let me think. Oh, I used to sew all my own clothes.
0: Okay. Did you make the, the beautiful. I
1: know this was like when I was younger in a former life, I don't even have a sewing machine right now. When I got rid of everything last year, I hadn't picked up the sewing machine other than to teach one of my friends, kids, how to sew um, in years. And so I was like, okay, it's gone. (laughs) If I decide to sew again, I'll get a new one.
0: But what a beautiful attitude. Right. I mean, your face is just lit up just talking about getting rid of the sewing machine. You're like, energy's gone through the roof. It's so, it, it's so beautiful. It's, it
1: was the the most incredible thing was I closed on the house and I went back to go. I had a final sale of something um, and to grab a couple of more things. And I had my, my cars loaded to the gills. Um, I had just closed I you know grabbed all this stuff for the realtor. I left the key in for the new owners and I walked away in this sense of relief flooded over me. And I have just been living the high life ever since. I got to choose what came with me. I got to choose what furniture I purchased to replace the things that didn't. Um, and I'm still in this act of purging.
0: It's, it's crazy. Okay. You are so badass. It's not even funny. And I hope <laughs> our listeners recognize, but well, here's the thing. And all, you know, all joking aside, there is freedom when we recognize sometimes that less is more. Yeah. There is a lightness of spirit when we recognize that we are worthy of being intentional And that is so powerful. And I was going to ask you next, why are you badass? But honestly, I think you've already answered that so many times. It is badass to follow your dream. It is badass to do the work. It is badass Mm -hmm. to say, I choose me. And this is what I choose for me right now. All of those things are totally badass. And it's badass to be an entrepreneur. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Not, Not everybody wants to be it, and which is fine. It's not cut for everybody. But those of us that are in it and love it, even if it's a challenge, it is badass to wake up every day determined to make a difference in someone else's life. And it's pretty clear to me, Paige, that you are on that same trajectory. So I want to congratulate you for that. I want to know more about, I'm going to check out the links as well, because I want to know more about your online zoom yoga classes, because I would love that. I haven't done very much, but
1: I do a, if, if you win an intro, I do a, I have a little meditation group Um, so it's free login, cradle, create an account, um, past meditation videos are there. And every Tuesday I post a blog. And then the first Tuesday of every month, I have a free live virtual meditation. Beautiful. So if you want a little intro, that's like the easiest way to, um, connect with me and meditation is the bulk of my yoga practice. So that's something that's very near and dear to my heart. And I try and make it very
0: practical and very doable and repeatable. Beautiful. Paige, I want to thank you so much for being my guest today. Those of you that are listening, thank you for your support. Please share this episode with a friend. Check out the show notes because I'm going to put as many links as possible for you to connect with Paige. And again, thank you for joining me on The Art of Badassery. My name is Mahara Wayman. Thanks to Paige. I will see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to The Art of Badassery. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained valuable insights to help unleash your inner badass. If you found this podcast helpful, please leave a rating or review on your favorite platform. Your feedback not only helps me improve the show, but it also helps others like yourself discover the podcast. Until next time, keep embracing your authenticity and living life on your terms. Here's to you.